You are now tuning in to the Adversity Addict Podcast, brought to you by Truth University, where you learn to let your adversity fuel your passion. Become addicted to the grind, addicted to your purpose. The Adversity Addict Podcast starts with host Jonathan Edwards right now. All right, thank you for turning into the Adversity Addict Podcast. It's your host, Jonathan Edwards. I'm here today with Arash, and Arash is a friend that I had met a while ago, actually, when I just had graduated college, and he was a young man who was a manager at AT&T, and um, I actually worked with him, and for him, actually, he was my boss at one point, um, during my transition into teaching before I got into that, uh, when there were no jobs available at the time, so... Um, here he is, Arash. I'll let him introduce himself. Well, one thing that really struck me about him was uh, he was an immigrant to this country at the age of three years old. And I just kind of wanted to know, how did you get to where you are now, uh, coming to America as an immigrant? Thanks, Sean. Was I your boss? You were my boss for Wait. a short period of time. Yeah, you worked there for like a month or two. No, I worked, <laughs> I worked there for three months. And it was in that transition from selling suit to Joseph A. Bank. Oh, I remember. And yeah, then, it was like right next door. Yes. It and then I was right selling the door. suits. And then I knew you had worked at AT&T. And I was just, the schedule didn't work for me for grad school. And then like right when I started working at SFC is when I got my teaching position at the same right. time. So I just kind of played did both I mean, jobs. I guess I was your boss, but yeah. I was like, <laughs> just show up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, he, you know. You you were you were in charge, but you definitely had a very yeah. a very um, good style of leadership by just leading by example. And the funny thing about it is, because of your attitude, I feel like I have adopted some of that in the way I lead now in my job. Because at the end of the day, like you just show up and do your job. I I really have nothing to say to you. Just yeah, that's all it is. Like you, you just got to show up and, and and do what you're supposed to do and and exceed in the places you need to exceed in. And the results will speak for itself, and the opportunities will open open up that way. That's all it is. It's, everything's a results oriented um, situation. Mm-hmm. So going back to your um, first question about how I, I got to where I am, um, you know, coming from an immigrant background. Basically, I, I came uh, to the U.S. when I was three years old, back in '92, uh, uh, from Iran. Both my parents are from Iran. Um, just a little bit of background. Um, my dad, he was he did school here that, that back in the seventies, like went to Miami Dade College and everything. Oh. Um, then went back to Iran. You know, met my mom, got married, had me, and then he decided when I was one years old that you know Iran wasn't really the place for him to be. Um, so my mom didn't really want to come to the U.S. So she ba- so he basically just came on his own when I was one. And then um, my grandparents actually, you know, my mom's parents mm-hmm. convinced my mom that, you know, you need to you need to go to the U.S. be with your husband. He needs to be with his father and whatnot. So two years after that, uh, me and my mother came here. Now, it's an interesting upbringing because my parents absolutely hated each other. <laughs> Did you know that your whole life? Yes. <laughs> wow. That's, yes. that's like, interesting. Like, you know. You know, and part of growing up is actually interesting. You know, a lot of people will have parental issues, and then you'll see the majority of it is unfortunately an absentee father or a father that's like over in the distance. You could see him, you might say hi to him, 
but you have nothing to do with him. Mine was interesting, whereas, you know, for the better part of my childhood, I wouldn't say the teenagers, but, you know, when I was like elementary school age, he was at the house, mm-hmm. but he wasn't there. <laughs> does, does that make sense? It, it makes a lot of sense because you can I, be present, but you... But you're physically there. Right. But was there a time where you, you take your me up from school helping with my homework? No. Um, was there a time you, you, and and I'll tell you like this, he, like, he wouldn't even want to cook. And so what he would do after school is he would just take me to Taco Bell every day after school. It's a true story. And after a while, (laughs) literally the Taco Bell manager told him to stop bringing your kid here. (laughs) That, that is a true story. I will never, ever, ever in my life forget this. I, um, yeah, I just remember I was like, whoa, maybe we are coming here too much. I, I was like eight or nine years old, you know? So when you were eight, that was probably the best shit in the world, right? Because you want to yeah. talk about every day? Yeah. Like, when you're eight years old, Taco Bell is great. When you're drunk at 2 a.m. when you're 22, Taco Bell is eight. It's great, so. So wait, do you, if you had to guess, like, how long did you go to Taco Bell before somebody realized it was a problem? I, I mean, as a kid, like, time kind of is not. Right. It's not a thing you keep up with. I mean, it could have been two weeks. It could have been three months. I, right. I don't remember at this point. You just remember But I just know it was long enough for the Taco Bell manager to say, stop coming here. <laughs> okay? Did you go to KFC after that? No, I actually, <laughs> I actually hated The only fast food that I ever liked was Taco Bell. Like McDonald's, I never liked Burger King. Wendy's was okay. Um, you know... Back in the day, Miami Sub was really good. Remember Miami oh, Sub? Yeah. Miami Sub is still around. They kind of made a comeback, you know. Yeah, they yeah, made a but you know, but once you go down, it's hard to get those. Uh, yeah, those. The inside back. of the the restaurant still look like they're in the nineties, though. Right, and I and I guess and yeah, so okay, <laughs> right. And, and I guess right now, you know, talking about my dad, like being there, but like, like never just here's ten bucks, you know, like go mm. to you know back in you know late nineties, ten dollars went went a yeah, long way. Ten dollars for the weekend as a kid? Yeah, it wasn't even that. Like, wake up Saturday morning, he wants to sleep till noon. I want to go outside and play, or I want to go to the park. None of that. Now, I guess the question is, well, why didn't your mother do any of these things? Well, my dad only wanted to work one job, and to make ends meet, my mom had to work three jobs. What? Okay. So your mom was a hustler. She was a hustler, working um, late night shifts in a department store, working at a dry cleaner, working at a bank, doing all these backbreaking things to make ends meet. Wow, you know, I re- I remember times that that she would come home, you know, and 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 bring like uh, just some chicken from Publix, uh, you know, the rotisserie chicken, just so we have something to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she would make a she would pack it to where I had dinner every night with that, and then she would just eat like you know toast with like some cream cheese or whatever it was, you know, that's the sacrifices, mm. you know, that she made. But then on the flip side, my dad, he wasn't again, he wasn't. Mentally abusive. He wasn't physically abusive. He wasn't verbally abusive. He just sat there and watched TV, and drank his whiskey. Wow! Like like my mom would <laughs> my mom would be struggling to make ends meet, and then he would come home every night with a handle of whiskey, spending thirty thirty dollars on that wow. instead of his priorities. So it's kind of it, it was a weird scenario. That is weird. Like, um, do you think your dad like now that you're older now? Like, do you think he was depressed? Like, was he just... I, I, was he going I, I, through no, something? No, no, no. Like, he just, like, I, didn't I, know how to cope with the stress? No, I think the way he is, he, I, I, um, I think he's still the same way, is that he just doesn't care. 
He's like a blue pill kind of guy. Yeah, he's in the Matrix. A, yeah, just, exactly. I just want to sit back and just. Yeah, you he's know, a very selfish person. You okay. know that, that's what it is. My mother's the most giving person. Got it. So you know, I got two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, you got two opposite ends. Yeah, two opposite ends, and I don't know what's worse: an absentee father or a father who's physically there but just like not there. You know what? I don't know what's worse. It's funny you bring that up because I talk about. That reminds me of my grandma's, so my situation with my grandmother. So, she has dementia, and she's physically alive, but she's not there. Right. And, like, every time I see her, and it's her sad. Like hell, it hurts. Hey, yeah. And I'm like, Jesus, you're not, like, I feel bad because you're not even the same person that I knew you as or that I would think of you to be. But, like, if I never knew her, then I don't know what I would be missing. And it's kind of like you have a dad in your house, so, like, you... You have a societal expectation because your friends had fathers, and you're right. like, my dad doesn't do any of this stuff that your dad right. is doing. So and now you're you and, and compared that, to And then another dynamic this causes that I don't have like a normal childhood either, as far as like having a lot of friends to like go to each other's houses and and you know go to the mall to with them, you know, and and um, you know or go play outside or, or go everybody you know have sleepovers or whatever it is because. The thing was, again, my dad, who didn't care, my mom, who works three jobs, couldn't really come to school functions and meet other parents and, mm. and have those. Because she's not going to send me to somebody's house where she's never met. And, right. And, and that Especially being an immigrant, too. So, yeah, that makes sense. You question everything. Is right. You know, if she comes to, like, two or three, you know, functions or PTA meetings, she can meet, like, okay, he has these two friends. These are his parents. It seems like, okay, people, yeah, go for, go for a sleepover. But I don't know these people, so you're not going. Right. You know, and, and, and that's kind of fair. And that's um, really how it went. And then and, and as time went on, my dad moved out. Um, and then uh, luckily my grandparents on my, on my mom's side, they got their uh, immigration situation settled. And we were able to come here to the U.S. And they, and they stayed at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and my grandfather, man, I learned so much from him. So, so, so much from him. He's, he's not my grand. He's one of my friends. I consider him a friend. I could go to him with anything. Wow. Anything. And he'll either just give me advice or just be like, you know, just be happy-go-lucky about whatever I'm telling him. Like, sure, go ahead for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, you know. No, non-judgmental part. Non-judgmental, but you never wanted to lose um, the respect he had for you, okay? You never wanted to get him mad. And I'll tell you this is a story that my mom and my uncle will tell me and my, and my aunt would tell me is that he never raised his hand on his children and he never believed in it. But the stories I'm told, obviously with a grandchild there, you take it a little bit easier. But my uncle would tell me he would look at me and I would piss myself. You know? Yeah, and, I, I believe that. And then he never raised his hand on any of his children. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want to lose like the, the respect that that was there and that right. and that's he's kind of like the godfather of the family you know anything that happens has to go through him oh that's all that's i mean that's pretty cool i just you watched know. that movie last yeah week. really <laughs> yeah just why that's funny you said that, that explains a lot actually. yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> so 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 he, he he still is uh you know a major part of of that becoming a man because again my father was a ghost basically he was Right. You didn't look to him for help. I didn't look to him for help. I mean, I would look to him if I wanted to know what was a good whiskey to get. Okay. Okay. That's 
right. what he was good for. Um, but, but with him, you know, I think he really taught me how to be a man and, and how to... And, and remember, this is coming from a place where women are second-class citizens in Iran. Right. But his thought process has always been the opposite. So he's like very revolutionary for where he came from. Right, time. right. You know, um, back in Iran, you know, I don't want to get too much into a political conversation, but, right. you know, after the Islamic Revolution and everybody hates the West and all that stuff, a tie, like a necktie, symbolized Western civilization. Right. So that was kind of like frowned upon, you mm-hmm. know, to wear. What did my grandfather do every day going to work in the 80s? He'd wear a tie. In Iran. In Iran, yeah, yeah. He would wear a suit and tie Ooh, every day. Ballsy. Yeah, because <laughs> this looks. This is how I want to look. Well, take it or leave it. You gotta respect a guy like that who just has his own way of. He's doing, gonna do his own. He thing. does what he wants yeah, to do. He's gonna do his own thing. That's it. You know, and yeah. um, and this is your mom's. Um, my, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mom's side. Yeah, and and the dynamic behind that. My dad is so much older than my mom that I have cousins who have kids that are older than me on my dad's side. Oh wow! So let's think about that. Like my <laughs> oldest uncle. On my dad's side mm-hmm. is older than my grandfather on my mom's side. Okay, wow, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, that's basically how it went. Um, and then, you know, then once you grow up and you get a car, you kind of like figure things out. Like, okay, I could go here, I could go there, and then you kind of like test the limits. Like, remember, I have, I was never a kid who had ever gone out before, up until I got a car. Wow. Okay. Once you get a car, so you're, you're in your house. Yeah, I'm just for a good like ten years. I'm just at home until I get, get a car. <laughs> wow. Okay. Like, and then my mom always wanted me home, be home, study, you know, do this, do that. But then I was from the time I was like, um, right when I turned sixteen, I'm like, I want a job. Like, you I want wanted a, a job. I want 16. a job. My mom was like, absolutely not. You're not getting. A Why job. did you want a job? I wanted to make money. And and, and you know what the funniest thing was. It was back then, uh, Pitbull was just coming up in Miami. He was Mr. Miami. He was, Dale! He was Mr. 305 then, right? <laughs> yeah. He was Mr. 305. He wasn't Mr. Worldwide. Right. I uh, remember those days. So he had this... Rap uh, with Uncle Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so he had this uh, all-white Hugo Boss suit that I wanted so bad. Oh, yeah. And and, and and also, I badly wanted a Mitsubishi Eclipse, the new one. Looks so yeah. yeah. I remember when those came out. Yeah, it was like, wow. oh, six. Yep. So I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make like $6 an hour and I'm, I'm going to go, you know, I can afford this. But, you know, of course, you're an educator. You know, nobody teaches you about taxes or... No, or, not at all. Or, or wage with, uh, you know, withholdings and, and all, no. that, all that jazz. You think you see your hourly rate, you do the math, and you're yeah. like, I'm going to have $600 at the end of this week. And then three forty two. Where'd it go? Hey, where'd half my check go? <laughs> yeah. Yep, I got it. So, so basically... Um, I went and got that job. I kind of did it. I didn't tell my mom I was getting a job. I went to the interview. It was at a restaurant. I was, I was, I worked at a, as a busboy. You were a busboy your first job. Yeah, yeah. My mom was so upset. She How'd she like, find out? I just told her when I got home. Oh. Like I went, <laughs> filled out an application. They said, you're hired. You start whatever day. And I just came home to my mom. Yeah. It was, it was, I didn't have a car then, but it, but it was like a 10 minute walk from my house. Oh, nice. Okay. So. Um, she was very upset because she said, like, I didn't come to this country for my son to wash dishes or, or, or clean tables. I'm like, it's okay. Like, it's just an after school job. You know, I'm going to make a little bit of money, you know, learn the value of a dollar and, and, and that's it. 
Yeah. Not and a bad then, idea. Yeah, and then I did that for, I want to say, seven months, eight months, uh, whatever it was. So that was my junior year of high school I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, started in the middle, and then in the summer, a friend of mine who works at an AT&T authorized dealer, SFC, mm-hmm. um, he's like, hey, you know, why don't you start working over here? You know, you can make some good money. Now, mind you, good good money for someone who's 17 years old is like $9 an hour. Right. Okay. So, um, we he I went to the interview or whatever, and I got the job, and it was like seven fifty an hour plus commission. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, for the summer, I said, okay, I'll work both jobs. So, that's what I did for the summer. I, I worked um, um, the day sh- – during the day, I would go to the restaurant – Go home and shower, and then in the afternoon I'd be at the AT and T store. Mm-hmm. They were like everything, everything was like in a mile of each other, right? So it wasn't really like a stressful thing. And then when school started for my senior year, then I dropped the restaurant job and just picked and just you know took. Went that to school, job. got off school, went to AT and T. Yeah, literally, like my shift started at three thirty, got off school like what, what time we get off school? Like one two forty five, yeah, one fifty, two o'clock. Yeah. Just enough time to get home, grab a bite, and just get to work. So that's what I did, and then they made me a store manager, and that company was a joke. That was a private dealer. It was just a joke. It was interesting. Then, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> you know, but I made good money. Like, I made more money than a couple of my teachers made. In when senior you were your senior year? Yeah. Wait, wait. You were making more money than your teachers? Like, Yeah, because I think back then they were making like like 30000 30, Does that sound about right? Uh, what year is this? Like oh five, oh six. 38, 40. Yeah, so I was like yeah. around that range. Yeah. So imagine you're teaching an 17-year-old kid in your, in your, you know, whatever math class that is at senior year, and he's making almost as much money as you. Part-time. Time. Part-time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Part-time. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't tell them that, but, you know, they knew. They knew the industry I was in because back in that time, the cell phone business was just about... This is before iPhones. I think the Razor was the shit. Yeah, it was the Razor. <laughs> so the cell phone industry was just about to take a yeah. dive. Yeah. Because it already had kind of climaxed. Okay. It did. Okay. Like anybody, every adult had a phone at that point. Every adult. Yes. We hadn't gotten to the kids yet. And I had a phone because I was in 05. I was graduating. I was Basically, high anybody, yeah, anybody who yeah. was 16 or older, almost everybody had a phone. But you still had this huge market of older folks above 50 who didn't have a phone. And then this market of people under 60 who didn't have a phone. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like going downwards there. And then the iPhone came out in 07. And then. Yeah. Because realistically, if you look at, not to get into phones like that, but the Razor comes out. The only cool thing before the iPhone was, the was a Blackberry yeah. and, and a, a sidekick. And a trio. Yeah, that's true. But the thing about that is, like, the BlackBerry, until, like, later 2000s, it would seem like it was a businessman's phone. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. That that it was a stale market. And you were still making money in it, though. Still making money. And then they made me, like I said, they made me a store manager. And then it was, it was like, the worst thing. Like, as you're 18 years old, like, yeah, what could go wrong? Because throughout the year that I was there as a sales rep, I got on my friend's job at the same place. So mind you, three of my closest friends work with me. Oh, by the way, you're store manager of three of your closest friends now. 
How do you think that's going to go? I mean, it can go two ways. That can go really well, or it can go not good at all. It just didn't go. Because <laughs> it's kind of like, hey, we're boys. I'm going to take the day off and go to the pool, or I'm going to go to the beach. No, no. It, it was, I wish they did that. Oh, really? I wish they did that. It was more of, um, you know what? Uh, I'll be right back. I'm just going to get some food at Ale House. And then, like, go to Ale House with a pitcher of beer and come back to work tanked. Uh, oh, that's crazy. Okay. And putting so, you in a real awkward position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I'm just like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> so, so, you guys should have stayed home. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish they just would have, like, not, not come to work. Just stay home, man. Don't come back drunk. <laughs> but but, but in, in hindsight, that job was such a joke. But that was a good experience for you, though. It, it was, it, to you, go you know, those. it was good for me because I sat there and I worked the late shift at, like, after 7 o'clock, the place was dead. So I literally sat there, and, and I was going to college at the time, and just did my homework and did my studying mm-hmm. then, and then if a customer came in, he helped them out. But yeah, I got a lot of studying. I did a, a bulk of my homework at work. Mm. So, you know, that's that's how that went, and then I decided, okay, you know what, let me actually go work for at and Corporation. So I went from a store manager at this rinky-dink authorized dealer to just a part-time sales rep at AT&T, and made the same amount of money working 20 hours less a week. As the AT&T sales rep. Yeah. Not killing yourself as a manager for this. Right. And then now you get paid vacation. Now you get all these health benefits. Now you get 401k. Now you get, um, the magic word is uh, tuition reimbursement. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a seller for a young man. So, so anybody who needs to work when they're in college, Find the job that gives you tuition reimbursement. Now, if you can't help it and you got to work a restaurant job because the hours are flexible, it is what it is. But do your best to find something that gives you tuition reimbursement. Any Most Fortune 500 companies, you can find the job and it will give you tuition reimbursement. Way better than student loan, right? Oh, my God. Like, Okay, I have Florida prepaid. But honestly, like I was dicking around the first three years of college. I would retake classes. I would switch my major a few times. Burned through that prepaid college like nobody's business. But I had the tuition reimbursement after a year working at AT&T. So I just maxed it. I just maxed that out. And then I want to say I got serious about school. What year did I graduate? Um, at around like 24, 25. So mind you, I'm spinning my wheels, taking four years to get an AA. And then I'm still fumbling around after the AA, like going to FAU, not knowing like What's my path to finish and, and whatever it is. It's kind of hard, though, to get a college degree when you're already making more than people that have college degrees. Right. Right. It's it, it, like, why it's am I getting like, this? It's kind of asinine, but, you know, you get the pressure from your, from your mom that right. says, I brought you here to this country to get educated. I don't care how much money you're making. This could all be taken away from you in a snap of a finger. And then you got nothing. You could be in sales all your life and make $50,000 all your life, and it's not going to get you anywhere. That's true. Okay, you can like, do that all you want. It's, it's so, true. I, so I said, okay, you know, fine. If you want to get, you know, if you want to finish up, I, I took a total of two semesters off, and it wasn't back to back. It was within a couple years of each other. Uh, one because when I was at AT&T, I got promoted to manager, and then it was like a four week training program. So I said, there's no way I'm I'm gonna be able to yeah. go to school this semester. It's just not gonna happen. Um, and then I did take a semester off because one college. Uh, can I mention the college? Yeah. Um, um, FAU kind of just just shafted me. Again, this was kind of like before I got serious uh, with school. So I, was, I got like a C and a D and they put me on probation or whatever. And then I knew I was going to transfer to FIU. I knew I was going to do that. Um, 
So I actually got an A and a B in the last two classes mm-hmm. at FAU. And my freaking luck, both professors recorded my grade incorrectly. One gave me a D, one gave me an F. What do you mean they recorded incorrectly? Right? <laughs> like literally, like you see all the grades in the portal, mm-hmm. in the online portal. Um, and you see, okay, 100, 100, 100, 100, you know, an 80, and then, you know, whatever, total grade is, you know, 92 total grades and 85. Did you screenshot this? Of course, I had it. Like, even professors agreed with me, yes, we made a mistake, but things were already in motion that couldn't be stopped. So... What do you mean? You can't stop it. I actually you got... You hit a button on the computer? And- no, but here's the thing. They fixed it, but it wasn't... But it was like, they fixed it after the school decided to expel me for grades. Oh, wow. And they, but I'm like, but listen, look, they, they, this is the grade. They're like, we have to go through the appeals process, and that takes like three weeks. Wow. I said, just send my transcript to F- FIU and, and call a day. Then when I went to FIU, I said, okay, n- n- no, no, more, no more, you know, goofing off. Like, I went to the advisor. I'm like, what do I need for this? He laid it out. You need this class. You need these sets of classes, these sets of classes. Get this, and you're good. So I knocked it out in two years. Um... You know, taking two classes at a time, one or two classes at a time. I wasn't doing a full boat because at that time I was I was an assistant manager. And I was really working 44, 45 hours a week. You know, I, I was right. putting in a lot of work. So, you know, um, then uh, we, I finally finished my bachelor's. And even during that, I got promoted to a store manager position. So I had a staff of anywhere from like 12 to 30 people, depending on where I was at. And then as soon as I got my bachelor's, two weeks later, I started my master's program. And then I just finished that um, four or five months ago, December. Um, and now I have a master's. I'm done with school and, and, and that's it. So that was my educational piece. It's done nothing for me as far as my career. It's helped. You made your mom happy though, right? It made my mom happy, which that's was important. fine. That, that's worth it on its <laughs> own. And I walked out of school without any student loan debt. Okay. Me too, sir. That's All the right. way to go. No student loans. Yeah. So... <laughs> so, so, so so because of that, John, where are we sitting right now? We're, we're sitting in, in, the, in the second house I've ever bought. Right. Okay, because I don't have any student loan debt. How old are you now? Um, I just turned 30. See? Okay, I bought my first house at, um, how old was I? That was, I was 25 uh, when I bought my first house. So, you know, going to school, paying a mortgage, having a job, doing all this stuff. You can make it happen. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know... You don't have to be, oh, I'm going to school full-time and that's it. No, you, you can do both. Mm-hmm. You, you can do both. Now, if you're in law school or med school or something like that, that's a little bit different grind. Different. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're in med school, you're, your opportunities are going to be there. Right. You've got to just figure out a way to make it work with ramen for 10 years. And yeah. You're like, going to be fine. <laughs> are you kidding me? I, I, one of my friends is a med student. I see these, these guys do not live on ramen. No, that's a myth? That's... These guys it's a myth. They probably get those little loan reimbursement no, checks. No, no, no. They're they're living <laughs> these these three that I know. They have this dope condo on on Brickle. You know, they're they're going to these you know the nice restaurants all the time. They're going out every week. They're oh, so you know what? See that? See, I, see. Sometimes you can't listen to people in the education system, and I'm yeah. one of them. Yeah. But I was told that you know, hey, you can go to med school if you want, but just know you're going to be living. You know, it's going to be no, rough. because because if if you know how to manage your money, you can live make it. You can you live want. a normal lifestyle without right. having a job. You can make it happen, okay? Because you know you're going to get 
you're, you're obviously your tuition is paid, and then you're going to get a certain amount of money for your living expenses. Right. And you just got to make that stretch, and and don't overextend yourself. You don't have to go get a place on your own for seventeen hundred dollars. Humble yourself a little bit, get something for a thousand dollars, then you can afford to actually live. Or get some roommates. Or get some roommates. That's all. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, so so that's kind of how. And then I ended up leaving AT and T and took another job, and and I'm happy where I'm at right now. Um, and and that's it. And I'm always looking for the next best thing. I'm never settling. Like, like. You don't have to move at like this lightning pace. You could just look. It took me, I want to say, a year to, to find this job. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I wasn't even looking for it. I was looking for jobs, but I wasn't like chasing this job. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, and then like I saw it was like a good opportunity. The numbers worked. It wasn't really a shady situation. It was, you know, yeah, they're giving you a base salary. It's, it's, it's a prestigious company to work for. Not a prestigious company, but, you know, a reputable mm-hmm. company to work for. Um, you know, the numbers work for me as far as money and benefits and things like that. Let's take the plunge after 11 years in that industry. Um, I was out and, you know, I'll never forget like, like on your last day of, of working somewhere of an industry you've done for 11 years, you think about all the good times and you're like, man, did I make the right decision? Mm -hmm. But then you immediately think about all the shit you went through. Mm -hmm. So... Talking about how people threw you under the bus for 10,000 different reasons. How, like, you have nine lives in that company because because of the ruthlessness of people and, and the selfishness of people. And no matter what you did for certain people, they, they still screwed you over. Even even after they got fired. Even, even <laughs> like holding after... I got, I got screwed over for something that happened three years prior. Wow. And it just derailed my career at AT&T just completely derailed because of some shady business that went on at the location I was in um I didn't really know much that was going on about the shady situation it was my boss that was doing it he got fired for something else and then the people that were still doing the shady business were still there and then when they got caught the only person that was left under the bus was me so they saved their own ass three years later they threw me under the bus and you weren't even in the location anymore I was three years removed from there oh wow Okay. And they were still doing it when they currently they were did. They, they were still doing wow. it. And then it came back to me and it was kind of like, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like, what am mm-hmm. I going to do? Am I going to like cave to what they're asking me? You know, do I just, I don't know what the, I always, I always assume this and this is what people should always assume. If they're in a situation where people are questioning something, um, whether it's your boss or or someone who who you don't know what they know, assume they know the answer to the question they're asking. Wow, you know, I tell it to every student that because, before I interview them about something. I, because, I, because you know what? You look at all these Ru- Russia indictments, and it's all for perjury. <laughs> it's all for perjury because, right. because what did this one guy text to his friend? Like, the FBI is pretty good at this perjury thing. Because they already know that... John, your your shirt is plaid. Right. They already know. And then you're um, going to ask me, hey, what color is your shirt? It's blue. <laughs> well, congratulations. You just earned, you know, 10 years for lying to a federal agent. Right. Under oath. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just be honest. If someone asks you a direct question, and I need to take my own advice sometimes. Because I've, in personal situations, I've... Someone asked me something, I just wasn't yeah. honest about it. You know, F it. I'm just going to tell you what I want to tell you. I, yeah, I want to tell you what you want to hear. I and mean, you know what? 
that always bites you in the ass and, and you're going to learn your lessons and you better learn them quickly because that's just what it is. You, you, you're going to learn your lessons. So, well, I mean, so yeah, so yeah, you were definitely through some professional adversity with that whole getting thrown under the bus. How did that whole thing finish? Well, so it, it they, derailed my career. It was like you have um, a scarlet letter basically on on, mm. on you at, at all times now. But yeah, yeah, Rosh, he's, he, he, he's good and this and that. But not now whenever someone's looking at your body of work within a company, there's always that but. A little asterisk. Yeah. It's like if a teacher gets caught, you know, messing with a kid. Yeah. It's like... Oh, let's say get accused of it. No, 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 not, not even, don't even go that far. Don't even go that yeah, deep. That's okay. Bad. Don't even go that deep. Let's say, let's say it was 2 a.m. and you were drunk. Right. Just as an example. And then you pulled over to the side of the road to take a piss. And that side of the road was a playground. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh. And it's a cop sees you, indecent exposure, not allowed with it. Now you're on the sex offender list because it was a place that kids are, oh. but I don't see a kid there at two in the freaking morning. But the right. way the law's written out is that, yeah. yeah, you showed your dick at a playground, <laughs> you know, and in front of a place where little kids could potentially be <laughs> at two in the morning. And then the charge, you see lewd and lascivious behavior, indecent exposure. <laughs> to minors. To minors. Okay. Now you're on the sex offender list. Not, but not technically, even. you don't use your job because you didn't really do a felony. So. It's like, holy <laughs> hell, like, no matter where I go now, I have this on me. And it's like, how do you explain it to me? Like, it's an uncomfortable question to ask. It's like, hey, uh, so what happened? Oh, uh, it really was nothing. It was oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, bro. All right. Got so it. It's always nothing. Yeah, it's nothing, right? Yeah. Got it. That, yeah, that's, that's rough, man. So, I mean, yeah, you're in a financial industry and people are doing shady business with money and you get attached to them. It's kind of... Yeah, it's like... It's hard to... You, you know what it is? It's like, I, I knew AT&T, it's, it's always, you know, we don't care if you make us $1,000 a day. If you if you skim off the top $1, you're out. That's a good policy. That's a great policy. I like it, yeah. If you... Yeah, like, if you do something shady... You're out because today it's a dollar, tomorrow's a thousand dollars. Absolutely. I mean, listen, if I take a dollar and I don't get away with it, I'll take two the next day, three, four. And, so you, and then, like, where does it you, stop? You're always trying to cross that line. And you, yeah, you're always trying to cross that's that good. line. They don't want to become, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street company, I guess. And exactly. Makes sense. That's exactly. awesome. Wow. It's funny you said that because you, when you were leaving, I actually tweeted this today bad times turn into good memories. And it's funny because you were talking about like, when you were leaving, you were, man, I had some good times. Because, like, once you go through all the bad stuff, it's like, you will, like, trick ourselves to look at whatever drama or crap we went through as as a good memory. That's why I wrote, see it through. Right. It's kind of like, don't okay. quit, just do, do you see know, it through. Do you know at what point I, I knew in my heart I made the right decision? When? I heard my noticing, you know, I was kind of, like, second-guessing it the whole time. Like, when I woke up in the morning to go give my notice, mm-hmm. like, like, the whole drive... I was kind of like, okay, do I actually go through with this? Are you sure? Like, you already took that job. Like, like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then I did it. And then, um, like, a Band-Aid ripped off. Everybody was, like, shock and awe. Did you yeah. tell anybody you were going to do it before you? No. Nobody knew. Awesome. Nobody knew. It was kind of like I just walked in. It was, a, it was a staff meeting with my superiors. And I pulled my direct supervisor aside during a break. And I just... Ex- I just started talking. I just started venting, mm. but everything's gone on the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and and I ended it with, 
and and she thought I was just like venting and then like I just wanted like a pep talk or whatever it was. And then I ended the conversation with So I feel like my career path isn't here anymore and um this is my official notice of resignation mm. for two weeks. It was dead silent for ten seconds. Like wait, wait, just like dead wait. silent. Like, you serious? Like, like, are you are you are you kidding me? Like, you're performing <laughs> so well, I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Mm. Yeah, I'm out. Like, but you did it for moral reasons. I did it because I had a good opportunity, and I was sick of retail. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew my career wasn't going anywhere because of the Scarlet Letter. You know, because of the Scarlet gonna... Letter, it's, it's, it, what are you going to do? Like, like no matter what, it was always no, because you're on this probation for a year. Even when you're off that probation, the stigma of it it's forever. still there. Yeah, it's like being a criminal in America. Like, you yeah, did your time. You did your time, but, but people look at you as like a former felon, you know? Yeah. See, it doesn't go shot, away. He pulled his dick out in front of the <laughs> playground. <laughs> right, yeah, it never goes away. Yeah. No matter what you do. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, that's uh, that's man. just the way the culture is. In, you know. so, so, and I was kind of tired of it. I'm like, this is not a real business. Like, it's a real business to them, but it's like, we're a bunch of peons. Right, it's not we your business. We don't make any real decisions. I can't make a decision on a price or something to let it go. I can't do this without explaining it ten ways to Sunday and why I did it. Um, so you're really not you're not doing it. You're not you're not doing anything important. You're not gaining any knowledge here. You're slinging phones. Pretty much true. You're slinging phones and you're and, and, you're, and, and you're and you're trying to control <laughs> a bunch of dipshits who who, who, who are like 20, 22, 23 years old, and then you got your 40, 40, 50 year old crew who just doesn't give a fuck. They just want a job they, that pays the bills. They just want a job that pays the bills. They're they're hide anytime you try to like go hold them accountable. They hide behind the union, and and the kids are like, I don't care what you're telling. Won't me. stand up probably. Want to sit down all day. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> you want like 15 smoke breaks, whatever it is. <laughs> so yeah, I was just done with it, and, and then I knew I made a right decision because it was another staff meeting, mm-hmm. and it was like a larger meeting, so it was like in a big um, auditorium, and I'm just listening to this. All this rah-rah bullshit. And I'm like, I'm so glad I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm so glad. We're going to sell 10 phones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to give you an extra dollar for each one. Like, woo. Tag on insurance. Give more $5. Minus taxes. You're going to make like $5 more a month. <laughs> I can see that. People getting all excited, you know. Yeah. And then I'm like, are you guys stupid? <laughs> you know, you, you know what, what was the worst thing about... Being there, that I was the most educated out of everybody there. That 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 bothered me the most. That I have more education than everybody sitting in the room, and I am still either a peer or I am not as high as your level. Well, you know what? They always say you never want to be the smartest person in the room. You get out of that room. You get out of that room. And I did so get you, out of that room. If you felt like you were the smartest person in your room, every day I walked into work, I was the smartest person walking into work. Now every day. Where I'm walking to work, I am absolutely nowhere near the smartest person. And that's going to make you a better person. Because I, I work, all of my clients are small business owners. Okay? Small to medium businesses. Um, some just sling like bullshit health insurance and, and some literally do million dollar transactions a day. Okay? And you learn every day you talk to them. You know, it's funny. Like I'll, I'll have... I'll have a, a, a what's it called of clients, like a book of clients that, mm-hmm. that work there every day. And someone will ask me, like, hey, you know, I'm, I want to, you know, try to be in this building. Like, what, what, what clients do you have? And just to preface uh, for everybody listening, that I, I, um, I work for a company that subleases uh, executive office suites. 
So, you know, I work with a lot of people that way. So they'll ask me, who are your clients? What, you know, what kind of clients do you have? I'm like, listen, I have all different types of professionals. I'll have anything from lawyers and accountants and finance people all the way to, uh, to management of the local swingers club down the street. Oh, wow. Okay, true story. <laughs> um, and, and you won't even know, like, right. they, 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 that's literally just their, their bookkeeping office. That's where they do their books. That's where they handle all their, their money things, you know, all their financial stuff. So it's always nice walking into work and you know you're not the smartest person in the room. And every day, there's not a day that goes by that I pick someone's brain. Really? That's I, awesome. I always pick someone's brain. And that's the most important thing. Utilize your resources. Okay, because like yesterday, I had so many questions about a certain thing I want to get into, and I went to this one guy who was in that industry, and we had like a twenty-minute conversation about it. And and then in the conversation, he's like, "When you're ready, let me know. I have some contacts that I can link you with." Wow. Okay. So even didn't I send you a, a contact? Yeah, I, I called person? him too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you seem like a nice guy. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so always, always network and, and, and just ask, don't be afraid to ask questions. People will always talk about what they do and, and how they're so successful at it because they love talking about themselves. And that's free knowledge. That's free knowledge. You, <laughs> yeah. You didn't, you don't have to like butter them up to take them for dinner or anything. It's like, Hey, let me just chat with you for a few minutes. I want to pick your brain about something and they'll give you the whole spectrum of it. And, and, and that's what you want to do. And you know. So that's some good advice. And it's it's funny because the two like social media posts I made today are so relevant for things you said. Last thing I said on Facebook, some people are holding grudges against you for things they did to you. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of funny because it's like. You talk about like people that weren't even working with you anymore, still screwing you over. Like, yeah. what are you mad at me for? So, so when you that, set me up for this, so so, so so what's that question I always ask? Like, if someone does that, who hurt you? Who hurt you, bro? Who hurt you, bro? <laughs> oh, and, and I told you where that came from. There's one guy in my master master's level class, the last class of grade. Mind you, he's like 40 years old. He is like pulling me out of the group chat. And, and grieving me about me not wanting to respond to him at 12 noon on a work day that I'm going to respond at night after work so I can give him my full attention. And he's just reading me, oh, you don't really want to work. Oh, I'm going to tell the professor that you're not really working. And going all the same, I'm like, bro, who hurt you? <laughs> I guess he didn't go to grade school. You don't snitch on your on your classmates. Right? What are you doing, man? Yeah, man. So Come on, even if I didn't work on the group project, put my name on that. Turn it in. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> Turn it in. Like, come on. So, so, that's and, funny yeah and, and it's and, and going back to like asking questions it's okay to take a risk you know you're gonna fail at some things and it's okay mm. it, 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 it's, it's okay to fail it's okay to lose money okay don't overextend yourself and lose 100k and there's no way you can pay it back pay back the 100k you know what it's funny you say it's okay to lose money because people will be afraid to let's say take a $500 investment opportunity right because they don't want to lose $500. But then they'll buy something for $500 that has a depreciating value to it. Right. So it's like you lost that money because whatever you just, whatever gadget or experience, whatever. Yeah, you if, paid, if you bought a widget, an item, anything, even this microphone that we're speaking right. into, it's going to depreciate. 
Right. Okay. You're not going to get, like, you bought this, let's say you bought it January. You're not going to get half of what you paid for it in February. Not at all. That, that's just that's I, just the way it is. The only thing you buy something, like, now hopefully this microphone will get me to a goal that I have and then that would justify the purchase. Right, but right. Let's say I just bought it because it was on sale. It was cool. It was no, cool. no, here's the thing with on sale. Here's the, here's the thing with on sale. Okay? <laughs> this X item was $1,000. I bought it for 700 I saved 300 No. no you, you spent, spent $700. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a great gimmick, though. I mean, on sale. I got a $1,000 item for $700. Like, no, because that item only really cost them $40 still. So you still paid more than what it cost. You, you know, and you didn't, you didn't, yeah, and then you, you like go to the store, like you go to the outlet mall. It's like fifty percent off today. Take it or leave it. It's like you know, it's gonna fifty percent off tomorrow too. Yeah, it's outlet mall. It's an outlet. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's last season. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's still gonna. Yeah, like, <laughs> it is like, what it don't is. be an idiot. Like, there's a restaurant, um, the sports bar here, who offers two for one drinks. All day, every day. But all the drinks are full price drinks. All the, like, how, how much is it? How much is a drink? Like a nice drink is what seven, eight, nine dollars, right? Right. Let's say ten. Okay. Let's just say ten. They're charging sixteen dollars a drink. Right. Okay. And two for one. And two for one. Mm-hmm. So. And then they really get you, and they're like, "You want your two drinks now? You, oh, want, you want a double? A double. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, a double. <laughs> so I'm just getting a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got it. You, that, you, then you're winning yeah. with that one. Yeah. So what, you want more? Or you want double? <laughs> I'll take the two drinks at the same time and a big glass on the side. Yeah. So, so, and then <laughs> when you're investing, you know, I've had bad luck with investments, like okay. actual like stocks and whatever. I got caught in the Bitcoin hype. Did you? And I did. And, and did you lose on it? I was up. And then I lost. And then I'm like, remember, you don't lose until you sell. So technically, I didn't, I didn't lose for like six months. You're just riding the wave. You're just riding the wave. I'm like, this is going to bounce back. This is going to bounce back. This is going to bounce back. I'm like, shit, it's not going to bounce back. So you know what? I said, I'm done with this. I cashed out of everything that I had. You didn't just keep it? Licked my chops and just like deleted all my Bitcoin apps and just never looked back. And you're not going back to it? I'm not going back to it. I just downloaded one. Yeah, no. I deleted everything, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have time. Did to you do any foreign it. exchange stuff too, or no, no, no? Just Bitcoin. Just Bitcoin and a couple of the, the small uh, cryptocurrencies. Yeah. And then um, I'm like, I don't have time to keep up with this. I don't have time to keep the waves. You know, they go up and down within like ten minutes of each other. Like you really got to study it. Not only study, but you have to keep your eye on it all day. Yeah. And and it's not like it. It's a twenty four seven market. Right. You close. know, at least the stock market. What, what time is it open? Uh, nine thirty closes at four o'clock, or, yeah. or, or nine and four thirty, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. You know, at least you know when you put your head, when you put your head on the pillow at ten o'clock at night, nothing is going to happen until you wake up. Until you wake up, and then when you wake up, you kind of like project what's about to go down. Yeah, because you can watch the news, you can see what certain things happen. Yeah, so that way, like, you know, you could adjust your position before the market opens, so that right. way you're, you're protected. But no, you could literally with Bitcoin. Go to sleep and it's trading at ten thousand dollars. Wake up and it's trading at five thousand dollars, and there was nothing you could do about it because you were sleeping. Bitcoin's like one of those uh, things, like for insomniacs or people that just stay up on drugs all day. It seems like yeah. How else do you keep up with that all night? You're right. It's like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> what, are you, what are you gonna do? Like, mm, that's rough. So, um, yeah. So I mean, it's all it's all about investing and. Um, you know, what about business and, um, like, have you done any other entrepreneurship type? I have. Um, I linked up with my friend, uh, 
We we do uh you you, you I've explained it in detail to you. Right. Uh, we do like oh, reselling of like basically re- retail arbitrage. You know, buy it for on sale at place X, sell it to wholesaler 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 Y for price X, and you make a little bit of the money there. That business is about volume. You're not gonna make you know thousands of dollars on one transaction. You're gonna make thousands of dollars on having a couple hundred units, you know, leveraging uh, tens of thousands of dollars into inventory. Mm-hmm. And it's okay because, you know, as long as you know, you, like I know I have a guaranteed sale of an item before I go buy it. It's an easy business for me. Can it make me thousands of dollars a month? Sure, it could. But you really have to have a network of people working for you. You have to, you know, risk a lot of money at that point because – Right now, I have very limited risk. Yeah, I'll risk in credit card fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars in a given week, but um, I'm going to get rid of that inventory by the end of the week. Okay, and you're paying that off. And I'm paying that off immediately. Whereas people who are much more liquid can go eight hundred k, nine hundred k, a million, a million two in sitting inventory and be able to sit on it to maximize the profits. Because they can sit on it and wait till they can really sell it for a higher profit. Instead of of making $5 a a unit, they're making $8 a unit. And they They have a million dollars of inventory. But think about it. If you're making an additional $3 a unit and you have 1,000 units, that's that's an additional three grand. Right. That's a lot of money. So you have the ability to sit on it longer. You have the ability to sit on it. Again, cash is king. You can have all the credit line in the world, but it's due in 30 days. Right. Unless you want to get killed with interest, then you're negative. Then you're not making the money. You're you're, you're losing money. You're losing money. Okay. So and time for all losing them. money and time. So if cash is king, if you have cash, you're in the driver's seat. Leverage is king. You have leverage, you have all the power. Okay. So my advice to people is just have good credit, so at least you could do something like that and have good credit and get a credit card and and, and be able to extend yourself a little bit to get something going because you may not for business have purposes. for business purposes because you may not have the cash to go. And, you know, buy up a bunch of inventory to go sell it somewhere else at a later time. You may not have the cash for that, but you have the credit line for it. You know, so have good credit um, and and learn how to maximize the credit cards you use. You know, read up on them. I don't want to go into a whole thing right now. Right. But, you know, you can make a lot of money just by spending money on credit cards. Using the points. Just using the points and knowing where to maximize and, and what card to use for what category of purchase. But... You guys can go research that yourself and see what works for you. But, you know, don't be afraid of a credit card as long as you're disciplined enough to not max out money you don't have. Don't just go on a shopping spree and buy five pairs of Jordans. Bunch of laptops. Bunch of TVs. Yeah, that you don't necessarily need. It's not going to be anything to you. Like, sure, I just bought a TV for like, you know, $1,400. But you know what? I wanted it. I bought it. I had the money. Whatever. You're going to make purchases like that. But when you're, you know, but be smart with, with your purchases. Right. Um, so someone's getting into like getting sort of like, you know, buying and selling. Could they start with a little bit of cash? Like I buy two items here, sell those two items. Yeah, I only made a couple of dollars. But you get my foot in the door. Okay. The person that you're selling to really has to like you to buy limited quantity. Mm. Okay. Um, my friend always tells me is that. If you weren't my friend, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy from you because you don't. You don't even attribute to one percent of my business. Wow. Okay. I'm only. I'm doing this because you're my friend. 
Got it. Okay. Um, so those people like that, they want you to bring 200k a week, not your 25k invoice. Mm. They, they want 100k, 200k a week, and 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 that's what they want. That's how they're gonna make. When you're moving large units, that's where you're gonna make the money. The name of the game is units. Stop looking at I'm gonna buy something for ten and I'm gonna sell it for twenty. No, I'm gonna buy a bunch of things for ten dollars and sell them for twelve dollars, and I have a thousand units. I made two dollars on each one. Two thousand units, or two thousand. Um, mm. You get what I'm saying? So don't chase the margin on the individual item. Chase the chase quantity. the quantity. Chase the, chase the quantity. Um, mm. Got it. That's all you got to do. Just chase quantity, quantity, quantity. You know, like right now, like tonight, I made a purchase, um, and it was like an $800 purchase, but it was like, how, how many items was it? It was, I want to say, 60, 70 items. Okay? Okay, 70, I only spent $800, and I got 60, 70 items, but each one's going to make me like, you know, five, seven dollars. It's a good margin right there. Great margin. Okay? Or you could spend... $800 on one MacBook and make $5 off of it. Right. Okay. So don't get, get in the glitz in China. Ooh, I'm selling MacBooks because you're not really making... Yeah, MacBook is good for the credit card points. Right, because you get a, a large it, it, technology it's, purchase. It's, it's, it's a, it's a high-ticket item. But the name of the game is, is, is quantity. Mm. That's all you want to go in with. So, you know, to go back to the initial thing is how did I go from you know, like an immigrant to where I am now. It's just, you just have to like, you know, you literally, I know it's so cliche, but you have to believe in what you're doing. Okay. When I was at AT&T, I didn't believe in what I was doing. Mm. You know, I, like I did it. I was a puppet for a while. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. But at the end, I'm like, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. I don't want to be in retail. Like, like even, you know, when I was single, like, you go out on a date. Oh, I work at AT&T. It's like, what do you do? Are you like in a corporate office? Like, no, I'm a, I, I work in a retail store. Okay, what are you doing at like 26, 27 years old working in retail still? Mm. Hey, yeah, but I'm a store manager. It's like, yeah, but what are you doing in retail? So you felt that like social pressure almost like to where that was, that was even, though, even though what you're doing is completely legitimate. It's like honest. You're making great, you great money. You're making great money. People still look at you as if you're like, oh, you're some. Oh, what are you doing with the Saturday? Let's go to the beach Saturday. No, I'm working. Because of the time, too. Oh, let's go out for dinner all tonight. No, I'm working till like, 9 o'clock. Mm. That's a big deal, too. Yeah, that's, that's a big deal. So, you know, you kind of wanted to get out of that. And again, like, like I feel like an adult going to work now. Mm. Because I'm dealing with a bunch of business people. I'm dealing with large transactions right. at work. Okay? I'm talking, I'm, I'm trying to convince someone to come... To spend anywhere from six hundred dollars to five thousand dollars a month. Okay, that's huge. Yeah, I convinced the guy a couple months ago to spend you know with me twenty three thousand dollars a month. Okay, it wow, it it is what it is. It's like that's the product you want it. This is what you want. This is what it's going to be. Okay, there's a lot more that goes into that, but right. and then they, the number was twenty three thousand a month. That's a big number to move. And then just closing deals with those numbers probably open your creativity, and those, right? And those are the people you want to be around. I'll give you another example. I was talking to another person a couple of days ago. This guy, he has a company that he does, you know, HR management, and, and right. he, he teaches. You know, he goes in the company, fixes their HR, and goes to the next company. I was telling him, I'm like, hey, um, 
because he was like, yeah, I got to run to FIU tonight. I'm like, what, are you an adjunct professor? He's like, yeah, I'm an adjunct professor. And I said, you know what? I always wanted to do that. He's like, Arash, you'd be perfect for it. Send me your resume. I'm, I'm meeting with the dean uh, for dinner tonight. He's meeting with the dean for dinner. That's awesome. Okay. And see, it's funny too. That's something I always wanted to do too. But you're in a position where you're meeting the people. I'm meeting. It's just have the conversation. Right. Just be awesome. curious. People will always, always, always talk about um, what they're doing and how they got there. They love to. Mm-hmm. People who are in power positions or in successful positions have this ego. They want you to know how well they're doing and how they did it. That's okay. true. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, okay. because I want to like teach because I personally want to teach college kids like what it is in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, when you were in high school, what's the whole thing? Like, oh man, I'm a senior. I can't believe I'm gonna have my dream job in like four years. Yeah, I really believe that. I remember I, in my uh, college advice yeah. office, there was a poster, right? And the poster was like, it was a, a private jet, there was a Mercedes, that a Lambo. That is there horseshit. was a There was like a, a pretty girl, and then there okay. was, and okay. there was okay. a beach. And here's the best thing it said. It said, do you want all of this? Then go to college. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's, go yeah, go to college. Okay. <laughs> now, if you're going to work for somebody, the only way you're getting that is if... You're some if you're if you're in some kind of financial management business, right? Okay, if you're a Harvard or Yale educated lawyer or doctor or right. one of these top tier schools, that's where your education is going to get you as far as working for somebody else. Right. Other than that, if you don't know how to throw a football or make a basket, you got to grind. You, yeah, you you got to be you an create something. You got to be an entrepreneur <laughs> to make money like that. You don't need to create like a thing. Right. You can create a service. You can create, create an opportunity. You create an opportunity. You right. can you can create an app. You know, called Uber, and make billions of dollars. You know, just just from your own you know your own knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, this is I want to be in in those situations where I'm teaching kids that are 18, 19 years old saying. You are not going to walk out. If you think you're going to walk out of here with your dream job, I don't want to set the wrong expectation for you because you're going to hate the world walking out and you're going to walk out with a chip on your shoulder like nobody wants to give you a chance. That's how I felt. When I left college, I remember I I really believed that, oh, wait, when I go to college and I get my diploma, I'm going to walk into wherever I go. I'm like, hey, where's my job? And it was like, it was was right when the the college Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so... (laughs) To be candid, since I got my master's, I've been looking for jobs. I have a master's degree right. in business. I have <coughs> I have years of management experience. I'm talking years. Yeah. Area managers, you know, sales manager. Um, started literally from from washing dishes and from that point to the point I am now, with a master's degree and all this experience, it's still difficult to find the job. Yeah. So you know what? I've come to the realization, I just gotta make it happen on my own. Uh, yes. I just got to make it happen. I got to get a license for this, a license for that, and I'm going to do X, Y, Z and going to make it happen. Or I'm going to figure out a new market to infiltrate and make money that way. Mm-hmm. Okay? I am done. This is I, – I promise you this. Um, the job I'm working at right now is going to be the last time I work for somebody. Yep. I mean – That's the last time I work for somebody. I, I could say that I'm mentally I'm at the same place too, whereas I, I've realized that – I love my job. 
it's the job I worked really hard to get to. But what I realized is it's just the whole, the whole that whole saying, you know, you can you can build your dream or you can work for somebody else so you can build theirs. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're building someone like, else's dream. You're building someone else's dream or you're building your dream. You know, I got so much. it's okay. If you want to build someone else's dream, that's okay. If you want to just make your money, come home, chill. Cool. Yeah, yeah like there's like, nothing wrong with like that. Like for example, I got our commission structure our, our bonus structure changed in the first quarter and I made probably a third of the commission I usually make. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm like so I was pretty pissed about that and then I'm thinking, well, the CEO of the company or the founder of the company is sitting in his winery in the south of France, just sipping wine and collecting, you know, all this cash, and he just cut our commissions in, in, into a third. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's you're, you're you're just building up someone else's dream. Yeah. Okay. So right. At, so so here's my recommendation to young kids: if you don't have the idea right there on the spot when you're out of college to make things happen, it's okay. Work in a professional environment where you're meeting other business people. Okay. Yeah, the retail could be easy and quick money um, to 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 make to make ends meet and then some, but it's not going to get you anywhere. The guy coming in buying a phone from you, he's going to buy the phone from you. He's going to have a nice conversation with you, but if you ever want to follow up with him, it's never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. Because you're in a place where you can help him more than give him a phone. Yeah. Once like, he has the phone from me, he doesn't really need you anymore. Yeah, he's not going to come back. The position I'm <coughs> in right now is like I'm going to see you every day. Okay, so if you say, come back, to, you know, let's get together next week and, and come to my office and have a conversation. Well, guess what? Next week, I'm not going to do it. Hey, you ready to have this conversation? So They see the persistence. They get to it, see it's persistent. Part. It's like, you know, even if you're not in a position to see people every day, just follow up with people. It, when someone says, you know, you know what? I don't have time to talk about this right now, but call me next week. Call them next week. Mm-hmm. People like that you're persistent and you follow up and they will give you the time of day. Now, there are going to be times where we're going to blow you off. Sure. That's just part of it. But people will give you the time of day and just listen to what they have to say. Create your opportunities. Get linked with people. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's why that site is there. LinkedIn. You link with people. Yeah. That, that, that's what it is. So You mean that's not a site just follow hot realtors? No, it, it's not. <laughs> oh. It's not. That's the thing? <laughs> no, I just that's made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured there's probably some guy out there like, hey, I can't find a girl on Tinder. I'm going to go on LinkedIn and give me a girl a job. <laughs> you know, I just downloaded a new app the other day. It's like a professional Tinder. Oh, oh, really? It's not for dating. It's for meeting professionals and networking. And you literally swipe right and left. You know what though? That makes sense. That makes sense. Like, I wanna, what are you judging? Are you judging their what no, they write? No, <laughs> you're judging the industry that they're in and what they do. You know what? Honestly, that's actually important because for that's me, actually, I'm I would trying, do that. Yeah, like, well, that's actually a good idea. Like, I made my thing. I put the things that I'm looking for, and I put the things that I'm kind of doing and wanting to do, and I'm swiping left and right. Like, if it's like something I don't really want to get into, I swipe left. If it's something like, oh, this sounds like a like some someone I want to talk to and network with, I swipe right, and then you know. Hopefully we, we, we have a conversation and maybe go for a lunch meet or something like that and, and pick each other's brain. Because I may have knowledge that, that that person would want and vice versa. So you can be given off knowledge as well. You know, it's funny you say that because you could go to lunch every day with your coworkers. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But you could also you're be gaining, going... You're gaining nothing. But you could also go to lunch every day with a completely different business professional yeah. in your local area. You don't need to have lunch with people to make things happen. Okay. You just said, meet me at Starbucks. Right. 15 minutes. If conversations can go 15 minutes and 
you'll be good. And you, or you could even build and if it's a connection there. A, with the a person. ten to fifteen minute conversation can change your entire mindset of everything. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. Like you could be down in the dumps, and a ten minute conversation could flip flip everything 180 degrees and some people say 5360 but that you're right back where you are right I hear people do saying that. I did a whole 360 I mean a 360 like, yeah you're right where you are so you found something great and then went back to doing the old shit oh good job cool so you're not consistent yeah that's what. That's my new name for people that aren't consistent you did a 360 yeah <laughs> consistently you changed and went right back to the same thing you did yeah. you're consistently doing the same shit nice little sneak this yeah. <laughs> yeah I see you did a real 360 there bud <laughs> Awesome. Like, yeah, man. This is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to use that. Yeah. You know, that, that's crazy. From immigrant, the personal adversity with your uh, father, the professional work ethic that you learned from your mom and your grandfather. Like my mom did and everything. Then, my mom did everything for me. She made sure that I started college and went to school. Like she right. made sure I had the Florida prepaid. She made sure that I signed up for classes, you know, the first couple of times. I had no idea what I was doing. And, and awesome. mind you, this is someone who didn't go to college here, who didn't go to college at all. Like, she doesn't know how the, how the education system works here. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in the American dream? I think, yes. I, yes. And I find and the that... American dream is not, you know, uh, 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 you know, a spouse and, you know, 2.2 kids and a dog and a white picket fence. It's not the American dream. The American dream is whatever you think your dream is, and whatever your dream is, you can make it happen in America. That's your American dream. I have dream X, and I want to achieve that. I could do it here in the U.S. Right. Versus other places where we've been. Versus other places where you may not have those opportunities, or it's too conservative of a place, or it's Mm -hmm. too liberal of a place. Um, You know. Do you think your immigrant, because you didn't, or weren't originally born here, Helps you believe that's a, in that. That's a conversation starter. It is. My name is Arash. Where was that from? It's from Iran. Oh, you know, I had a, I, I, nine times out of ten, I say from, oh, I had a friend in college from Iran. Oh, one of my close friends back in the day was, was from Iran. You know, everybody knows a Persian. Right? Everybody knows. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, and then, and I always respond like, oh, you must have been a douche or, or, or you know. Whatever it was. But that is a cool little, like... Yeah, that, that's the thing. And you don't run into many Iranians, but I feel like you run into people who have met an Iranian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That, so, so it's always a good conversation piece. You know, you kind of get into a little bit of political conversation. I kind of stay away from those, especially in a professional environment. Yeah. Because, like, the conversation I was having with somebody the other day, he went on this thing, how he loves Trump and this and that. And, and I'll put it to you this way. If Trump was president in 92, I wouldn't be here right now. Mm. That's the reality of the matter. And you're contributing to our society. I'm contributing. I'm, I'm a taxpayer. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully helping. You're, you're educated people. here. Yeah. So, yeah. so there, at this time, since the ban that, that he's, he's placed, there are no more people like me or even better than me able to come across and make something of, of themselves and deny that opportunity. And I came here checking all the legal boxes. It's not like I right. swam over here. It's not like I snuck in the country. You know, so, so you're denying the opportunity to the people that are trying to legally get in. And, and there's, there's going to be a gap where there's no feel-good stories of success. Mm-hmm. Okay, from, the, from these certain areas. Hopefully, you know, this changes quickly. But at this point, nobody like me is having those opportunities as we speak, as I did in America, um, 27 years ago. Wow. That's powerful. 
I can see why because of that you kind of stay away from any political discussions because it's like it, it, it's well, because because it has affected me personally. Right. It's okay to sit there and say, "Oh yeah, it's not a big deal" when it doesn't affect you personally. Right. Okay. It's like. It's like a white guy sitting back and saying, oh, it's not that bad being black in America. Well, you're not black in America. <laughs> <laughs> right? can't be that bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, it can be. It's funny because you, you hear all the stories talking about being black in America. And something I don't talk about that often either. But you hear all the stories about the criminals that have been mistreated by police officers. But, like, you don't hear about the stories of the people who don't get in trouble that get mistreated, too. Because right. they're just so no, glad. No, you know what? They're so glad that, like... Just, just, just to keep the conversation <laughs> still light, um, a friend of mine, he bought a, he bought a new car, and he was, he's waiting for his license, but the license is lost in the mail. Mm-hmm. So his, his temp tag is expired now. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, even when they pull up the tag, they'll see, okay, his registration is clean. He's just he ordered it, yeah. He just doesn't have his tag yet. But he's like, no, but there's another problem. I'm like, what? It's um, DWB driving while black. Yeah, huge problem. You know, big problem. I'm gonna get pulled over. <laughs> All my documents can be in a row, but I can still get got for something. Yeah, I get pulled over. It, it's um, obstruction of justice is a good one. That's an easy one to say. Uh, that's, that's the best one. Uh, <laughs> and um, resisting, resisting, re- nonviolent resisting. Yeah, just cussing someone. So like, wait, does nonviolent resisting mean like I disagree? Is that a disagreement? What is that? No, I would not be arrested there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess you are. It's funny you say that because, um, and I have a lot of police friends. It's just funny because I'll have honest conversations with them about the injustices I've dealt with, and they're like, "Dude, honestly, like I love when they can be like, honestly, I agree." That guy was a dickhead cop. I couldn't stand him either. Because it's like, more of you need to speak up. It's like, right. it's, it's just like the same thing, like, in every profession, the bad gets highlighted so often. It's always the bad. So, like, the good ones, they don't want the Dude, limelight, I was, I was, but you should talk. I was literally <laughs> talking, um, talking to my boss about this today. See, that's crazy. Today, at, well, four hours ago, because there was... Someone had to, um, it was like a mystery shop situation, and all the mystery shop I wrote was the three things I did wrong mm-hmm. during the whole presentation of things. Right. Okay? And I'm like, well, it would be nice if they wrote all the things I did right. Mm-hmm. You know, if they just wrote it down, like, okay, he did, out of the 50 things we're looking for, 47, he did fantastic, it was this and that, you gotta work on... These three things Man, here. It's all the way you get the feedback. Okay. But even it's about even going on Google or Yelp or TripAdvisor and looking at customer reviews. How often do you go put a negative review versus just a positive review? Yeah, and it's funny you said because it, it, businesses, I really try to do the, you know that mindset you don't need to go that deep as far as race or religion or politics or no, whatever it is. You're gonna find everything. good yeah. yeah. It's, it's the it's, news, it's everything. It's everything. It's, 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 everything we consume looks for the negative first. It's, it's and I think I don't like the negative. I don't understand. That's why I don't like watching T V anymore. I yeah. legit listen to I listen to podcasts. Well, what's on the TV right YouTube? now? What's on the TV right now? Basketball game. All right, I'm good with that. Yeah, that's fine. Or, or a TV show. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's positive. See numbers going up. Yeah, I don't yeah. like seeing like <laughs> it's no, a no, positive I'll, experience. I'll, watch, I'll binge a series and I'll watch sports. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, I'm know. good. Yeah, uh, because said, you're right. It is that negative thing, and 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 I was talking with a teacher about this too, and I was telling them doing my podcast. And I'm like, aren't you afraid of getting in trouble? And I'm like. Why would I be afraid of getting in trouble when I'm talking about positive things that 
the people I care about are doing. How's that bad? Like, oh, like, what if you curse or what if you do that? I'm like, somebody wants to get me in trouble for saying a curse word. I mean, they better not live in a glass house. Are you serious? No, I mean, yeah, like, like even that. Like, it's like you have a good month of numbers, and then someone calls you. Oh, you need like one more sale to hit your numbers. I'm like, I'm not gonna get fired for this one sale. Yeah, I'm not getting fired. And, 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 and I will tell that to my boss. You're not gonna fire me over one sale. Yeah. He's like, No, I'm not gonna fire you. Like, you're like 98 percent of your goal like, every month. Like, if you were like 20 percent of your goal every month, different conversation. Right, but if I do my job from 7:15 to 2:40, which is my contract, and then at 10:30 at night, I want to. Speak into my microphone and put it on the internet. What does that have to do with my job? And when I said that to her, she was like, you know, like, yeah. Like, I've thought about doing things and I just, I don't because of the societal pressure of, like, what they expect no, of you. No, but, like, no but the thing is, if, like, the people that have these good ideas, these open conversations, were to put out public stuff, it would change the image of what you control the media. So it's like, imagine if all the great teachers all had a podcast too. You would believe in public education. Like the ones that I see that are doing, they're killing it. There are fantastic fantastic educators out there and they're so underappreciated. Like I have, um, you know, as, as an adult now, I have some educators that educated me back in elementary school, even in high school that I have on Facebook. And, you know, I'll tell you this. I'll put uh, like my graduation picture of my bachelor's and my master's, mm. and they'll come. Oh, congratulations! We're so proud of you. And I flip it back. I'm like, no, thank you, because you were the one at at, at, at 7:30 in the morning teaching me, you know, the multiplication table. Okay. Yeah. You know that I, I can't do this business calculus without that. Without that. So thank you for that for making pennies, and and. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And and sacrificing your brain power um, to do to do something like that. So yeah, it's you know. So imagine if every great, uh, every moral politician, every good cop, every honest businessman, every good teacher, every whatever profession you look at, the good control the media versus allowing the negative ones to let the news control the media. Right. It just changes everything. I mean, like. And and I think that that stuff we I mean and that's I'll, everywhere it's Yelp reviews I'll, it's, it's I'll, everything I'll never forget this one guy he said I watch CNN and I watch Fox News I'm like okay why <laughs> he's like because I'll mix it together and get something neutral I'm like it doesn't work like that but okay <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of funny yeah but yeah I mean so that was a great conversation I think yeah um, no, you know we could go on for like three hours yeah we could go on for three hours we you have know, gone on for three we hours. have gone on for three hours. <laughs> Maybe we'll just stop here and then have a part two some other yeah, time. Yeah, we'll do a part two another time. And we'll talk about some different things. We'll talk about, um, uh, you know, the, the 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 love life of an immigrant. Um, yeah, like the love life of an immigrant. Um, <laughs> who, we, who was socially awkward all his life and, like, had to just quickly become an adult at the age of 16. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting, too. I'm sure it's funny because I'm sure we have very similar, like, it's just funny because, like, leaving Miami, moving to Broward County, and then, like, I felt like an immigrant because I went from a very diverse – I went from an all-black and Hispanic neighborhood to being the only black kid in a radius, like, of my visual radius. Right, right. Like, I can't see another black right, kid. Right, right, right. That was awkward. You were the token black guy. And I went from, Yeah, and then it was like – and then just from that, then I was gifted. So, like, now I'm in the gifted program yeah. and I'm the only black kid. Oh, so, he- like – 
the, the, the black kid that I do see over there in the he, regular class, he, he's looking at me like, who the fuck are you? He, he's the reading one. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, for real, like, deal. And, and I got that stigma. It was like, I'm sure we have similar situations where you felt the same distance and disconnect because to the, to the, to the black kid in the regular classes, even though I was from a rougher neighborhood than he was from. Right. Like that, that, that's what blew my mind. I'm from a more dangerous place than you, but you look at me like I'm an Oreo because I speak well. That's and, so, that's and you grew up rich. I could just slap you. But if yeah. I slapped you, I'd get suspended. And, and my mom, who's a teacher, is going to kick my ass. Well, not so only, now i got to just sit no, here and no, take no, your no, shit. No, not only, <laughs> like, like, okay. So, remember how Chris Rock has so much controversy in the late 90s yeah. because of the stand-up that he did? It was basically because other black people were saying, that's between us. Like, don't get the white people involved in this. <laughs> okay, this is this is in the house. Like, yeah. This is, this is for us to joke around with. Like, right. Now you're giving them uh, a platform to have an opinion on it, and it just makes us look bad. We joke it amongst right. each other. It's an inside joke between, mm-hmm. like, like, I don't want to talk about that right now, but for anybody who wants to go listen to it, it's Chris Rock in the late 90s. It's... Hilarious, in my opinion. Maybe for others, it's not hilarious. I'm not black, so maybe it's not funny, you know. But yeah, I think I think age made it funnier. Okay. Um. So you know, it's it's I, and I personally, I will joke around with stereotypes. Right. I have no problem calling, you know, like like making a black joke to like my black friends because they know like in the roots, it's just I'm just trying to be funny and I right. don't mean it. I will make a Jewish joke to somebody. Sometimes it backfires with Jewish jokes. Yeah, um, you see that backfire with your background. <laughs> yeah, with my background, it does usually black backfire. Um, you know, I'll, I'll you know I'll make Hispanic jokes and whatever, but but it's like it's all in good fun amongst your friends. Right. Um, don't take that circle though. Now, hey, who you don't know me? Yeah, yeah. You can't make that. Yeah, joke. outside the circle, it's like wait a minute, like like. You know, but but again, like even when I'm making those black jokes, I'm never dropping the end bomb. No, you know, it's like there's just lines you don't cross. Did you get a lot of um, like terrorist jokes once. after nine eleven? Once, only once. One time. Remember, I look like I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> I had to post a picture. Of you just <laughs> because, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, because and then, and especially then, in South Florida, and then it's like it's not like. Um, it's not like I have a name where it's like um, Ali or Hussein or whatever yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. you know it's from like the Middle East, like Arash Jamali. Okay, where in the world is that from? Any any kid in elementary, middle, or high school can't really put two and two together. You're from the, they're going to ask probably before they assume because they don't right, know. Yeah. Right. And the worst, like, I mean, the one kid who really went at me got expelled from school for that. Really? Yep, he got expelled. And then the other was like, you know, what was it, uh, Towelhead or whatever it was? I just, right. I just never paid any mind to it. Right. Yeah, I was. And we never. Had, I think we never had that conversation. But that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess with your name, the fact that you do look like you're Puerto Rican, and you're in South Florida, looking Puerto Rican. Yeah, it's like yeah, I mean, I'm either like I'm either Cuban or Puerto Rican, and and then living in Pembroke Pines, it was all like, you know, it's it's all like, um, it's all like. You know, a lot of Hispanic people, a lot of not, you know, where nobody speaks, nobody speaks English. It's all English-speaking Hispanic folks for the majority in, in mm-hmm. that area. 
and they just assume that you are also Hispanic and they'll speak Spanish to you and just have to explain like, no, I'm not Hispanic. But, <laughs> you know, that's why I never really got that racism um, towards me because I look like one of them. Got it. Makes sense. Hmm. I need to find, I need to talk to somebody who um, I'm curious to to compare the post 9-11 experience with someone from the Middle East who has a very obvious Middle Eastern name like 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 Muhammad mm-hmm. or Hussein mm-hmm. and or, those people you know, and uh, and compare that to my experience um like as a black male in America and I'm sure that I'm sure it, it's very different because of the origins of it but as far as the brainwashing ignorance of it it's probably very similar because yeah. I mean it all came from just yeah, so you're yeah, brainwashing yeah, people. I, I, I will tell you this. Anybody who has a Muslim-sounding name definitely had a different um, America experience. Than you did. Than I did. Wow. Absolutely. Like, I, like I got lucky with my name. Mm-hmm. Okay? Where, where it just it just sounds like a weird name. You don't know where it's from. You don't know, mm-hmm. you know what's behind it and everything. Like, yeah, I'm from New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or, or what was it? <laughs> I, I think the, the, the old uh, Iranians... Um, are very educated people. Sometimes mm-hmm. they think they're they think they're smarter than many. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they are, and and I'll tell you, like a lot of very smart, educated people are in Iran and come out of Iran, whether it's engineering or, or right. mostly engineers come out of there. Um, and they'll mess with you know the Americans that don't know their ass from their elbow. Like, oh, where are you from? Iran. Well, where's that at? Oh, that's a that's a, a country. It's just north of Alabama. Oh, okay. <laughs> You don't please tell me about stories. I've, I've done that once, and it, yeah, were, yeah, it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, um, wow. I mean, yeah, there's something to say that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm done talking now. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm so, so I'm from Iran. It's, it's situated wow. north of Alabama. Um, come visit whenever. It's, 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 you know, it's a friendly place. You know, everybody's welcome. Yeah. All right. I, I can't wait to take a trip there. Maybe I can get to Iran on a bus. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Arash, for uh, joining you, me on on the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate anytime. it. We'll do it again. We'll definitely do it again. Thank you all for listening. Um, have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Adversity Addict Podcast. Subscribe now. Visit truthu.org for more information. Now, go fuel your passion.